Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Healing Yourself with Francesca Rowe. I am Francesca Rowe, and I'm so grateful and happy to have you all here with me today to talk about all things healing yourself and the healing journey and everything that goes along with that. Hey, everybody, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so grateful that you're all here to tune in and listen today. I'm really excited about today's episode. I feel like I say that every week, but this episode I feel like is a topic that is super important and I've touched on it in many other episodes, but I felt that it was deserving of its own episode because there's just so much with this to talk about and there's so much that goes into this and that is the topic of self-worth. I want to talk about self-worth today, and like I said, I've talked about self-worth, I definitely have in other episodes, because, you know, it's a huge part of healing. As you heal, you are essentially healing your own self-worth, but I really wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this topic because there's so much that goes into self-worth, and I really want to get into the details today of ways that we can improve our self-worth, and yeah... So, like I said, there's a lot to talk about with this episode, and I might not be able to get to everything today. I might have to make a separate episode, because I'm, I'm going to be talking about boundaries and stuff, and I mean, that could be its own thing. So we'll see. I might end up doing more episodes that go into detail about some of the things I talk about today. Um, but really quickly, I just want to give a brief trigger warning for everyone out there listening. Um, this episode does mention thoughts of suicide and the topic of suicide and so if that is not something that is supportive to you in your life and in your journey right now then I would recommend that you don't listen to this episode or come back at a time when that is something that you feel is supportive of your journey and where you are in your life. Yeah so with all that being said there's a lot to talk about and I'm looking forward to it so let's get started with today's episode. So self-worth is a topic that is very important to me and that I hold very close and dear to my heart and it's something that I've come a long, long way with and maybe you're experiencing that as well. Like I said earlier, I feel like as we're healing, it's only inevitable that our self-worth is going to improve and shift because when we go through life and we experience hurts and wounds and traumas, our self-worth often can take a hit. And I know that mine certainly did over the years. And it's interesting to reflect on and think about now because I didn't know at the time that my self-worth was being affected by the way I was living my life and the way I was letting myself be treated and just, yeah, the way I was going about my life. I didn't realize at the time, but I think that is what can be so dangerous about not living intentionally and not actively working on our healing is that again, we we aren't living intentionally, and if you're not intentional, more things are likely to happen that you would prefer didn't, and that you're not really aware of. And yeah, my self-worth definitely took a hit over the years, because I was looking for my worth outside of myself, and I was looking for validation outside of myself, and I didn't understand yet at that time that that always was going to come from me, and that was my power, was that I could give that to myself, that validation. But because I didn't know that at the time, when I was younger, I very much so looked for my worth outside of myself. And I say, you know, during my life, I mostly mean, let's say, puberty and onward. I feel like, you know, everyone's journeys and life experiences are different, but mine definitely 
started to go in a direction I did not, that was not beneficial for me. I would say starting in middle school, more like, you know, when you're starting to go through puberty and you're starting to become aware of social hierarchies and if boys like you or girls like you, whoever likes you. And yeah, you just start to become more aware of these outside things that seem to matter and you start to become aware of the reality of society, which is, um, can be unfortunate. But yes, I, I started to look for my self-worth outside of myself. I started to equate my worth with these things that could truly just never measure my true worth. But I thought that they did, and that's where I sought out my worth. And some of those areas, just to name a few, were my looks, you know? I, I valued myself based on how attractive I felt like I looked and how attractive other people thought I looked. And if other people were telling me I looked more attractive, you know, I would be happier. Like if I went through my day and somebody complimented me on the way I looked, that would be a boost to my self-esteem. But if, you know, I thought I looked good and nobody said anything, then that would be a hit to my self-esteem. And I also measured my worth on my popularity. I thought if more people thought I was cool and more people liked me, then I was more valuable and I was more worthy of love, not just from other people, but more worthy of love for myself, which as we know and we've discussed is so not the case. It's not true. It's just a warped idea that's unfortunately a consequence of the way things are in society and can really affect us growing up in any time in life. I also really measured my worth. I said, you know, if people liked me or thought I was attractive, but like if boys or men, whatever, if they liked me or found me desirable, then I thought I was worthy and I thought I was better. And if they didn't, then I felt like I was useless and I was worthless. Another thing I used in the past to equate my self-worth was my size. I felt like I had to look a certain way and that that meant also that my size had to be a certain size and I had to, you know, I thought that smaller was better and if somebody complimented me by, there you go, this is a perfect example. If somebody told me I looked tiny, I just said it. That to me was a compliment and I thought that I was more worthy if I was smaller and essentially if I took up less space, which is, it's just so interesting how that works. But yeah, I just, that's what I thought made me worthy because of the communities I was a part of, the people I was around, and also just the messaging we get from society still every day, you know? It's just an unfortunate part of the reality of where we're at as a culture. We just haven't progressed as far as we definitely can, and I very strongly believe we will. And you know, we're starting to see more things like body acceptance, and just a side note, I think it's really cool that we're already starting to see just this idea of healing ourselves becoming more mainstream. I recently was just curious and I went back to listen to bits of the first episode I ever released to see the growth I've gone through and to see where I was then to see where I am now and it was so funny because at certain parts I was saying you know it's just interesting to me how nobody really talks about this stuff and that's why I wanted to start the podcast and I feel like now I'm seeing this being talked about everywhere and it's definitely becoming more mainstream which I'm not surprised about at all, and I very much so predict it will continue to become more mainstream, which is a good thing and a bad thing for different reasons. It's a great thing because we are progressing, and I think we're all becoming more conscious of the way we are in the world and the way we want to be in the world, but it could also lead to a bit of complacency where, you know, people talk about self-worth and talk about healing ourselves and don't actually do the work. 
But yeah, anyway, so I, yeah, I used to equate my worth to all these things that could never truly define my worth. And there was definitely some of that in high school, but it really got bad for me, I would say, in college. And unfortunately, I do feel like it was the environment I was in. Um, You know, in high school, the school that I was at, everybody has a different high school experience. But where I was, I went to a private high school in the suburbs of Maryland. And at my school, what was considered cool, whatever, or the popular people were like, the girls who were sporty and played lacrosse and yeah that was what was cool and so when I was in high school being you know skinny or any you know being really thin was not necessarily the ideal body type in that community um, because the cool kids were more athletic more athletic body types were more or less the norm and So I didn't really think about my worth being tied to my size in high school that much. And then when I went to college, it was quite the opposite. I was um, a part of Greek life, and Greek life is different everywhere. But at my school, I feel that at least the communities I was a part of and the people I found myself around, there was a lot of unhealthy idealization for a very thin body type that was what was considered attractive and I unfortunately feel like there was horrible body dysmorphia in the communities that I found myself in um, particularly the Greek life community and there was a lot of women pitting other women against each other and women hating each other and frankly women doing the work of the patriarchy and yeah all that to say I just in college I really felt like my worth was truly tied to my size and my looks and and my popularity because that was what the community I was a part of, frankly, valued. And it's unfortunate and there's a lot of healing to do in those communities, I think. But all of these examples and all these things I'm talking about are to say that essentially all of this stuff just left me feeling hollow and empty because all of my worth was tied to the way I looked and things outside of myself and had nothing to do with who I was as a person and certainly had nothing to do with whether I actually valued myself. I didn't even realize that was a factor, which is just so sad. I just feel for the younger version of me so much, and I feel for everybody who has been affected by that kind of environment or these situations where they they don't realize the power they hold and they don't understand that they can give love to themselves. But yeah, this it left me feeling hollow and empty, and I truly had no real self-worth. And I've mentioned before that... When I was in New York City, I was at my lowest, and I've never gone into that much of detail, some of which is because I didn't feel comfortable doing so. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I was still healing through it and letting go of the past, and another reason for that was that I didn't feel like it necessarily was beneficial for what I was talking about, Or, but I feel like talking about it now is beneficial to what I'm talking about in this episode because I do want to just be able to highlight and show the stark difference between what it's like when we look for self-worth outside of ourselves and what happens when we realize that our self-worth does come from within. And I, yeah, I think that's important. So that's why I'm, I am sharing this now. But I, I remember when I was in New York City, I was feeling really low. People that I thought were my friends, it was very clear almost right away that That wasn't actually the case, that we had only really been close friends because of convenience and that there was not truly a loyalty, a friendship there. 
And that's not really anyone's fault. You know, people grow apart, that's fine, but that didn't make it any less painful. I was also living by myself for the first time ever, and I was living with roommates that I had met online, but I wasn't really friends with them, and it didn't seem like we were going to become friends, like we just didn't have much in common, which is again fine, but I was very lonely, and I was also in the midst of nursing a heartbreak at the time, and it was a heartbreak over a person that I wasn't even in a relationship with, and I was just feeling really lost for all of those reasons, and... I was definitely at the darkest place I've ever been. And I remember one night in New York City, probably at my lowest, I, I'll never forget it. Um, I was in my apartment. <laughs> I was crying on the floor and just feeling so empty of any will or any fight left in me. And it just felt so worthless because all these outside things that I thought my worth was equated to and with and that I was measuring my worth and value with had been stripped away from me. And, you know, I didn't feel desired by men or boys. I didn't feel um, like I had people in my corner. I felt very lonely. And so because I hadn't developed this internal self-worth, I felt empty. And I remember when I was at my lowest one night Googling least painful ways to kill yourself. And it was really um, an upsetting moment for me because I'd never gotten to a place like that before. I'd never dealt with depression. Um, I dealt with, you know, some anxiety when I was going through things, but never like been diagnosed with anxiety, never felt like it was something that I was dealing with chronically. And so this was a moment where I, I really felt defeated. I felt like, I felt like this life that I had been living had so much potential and that it was all for nothing. I really felt like like, oh, well, maybe next time, if there is a next time, maybe that life will be better. Maybe I just wasn't supposed to have a great life this time around. <laughs> and I do apologize if my voice is shaking. I'm, this is just the first time I've ever really talked about this in so many words, especially to a community like all of you and to the public. Um, and I told myself I wasn't going to cry, <laughs> so I'm going to try not to. But just know I am okay. It's just, you know, it's emotional to think back on because... Like I said, I just really do feel for that version of me, and she was just so lost, and I'm just, I feel for her so much, and I'm just so proud of how far she's come and how far I've come, and it really is because of how much I've worked on myself and how I've developed a strong sense of self-worth within that I now will protect fiercely forever, no matter what, because I've done a lot of work to get to where I am. And that's why I do want to share this with you all, because I want... I want you to understand that it I want you to understand that it does get better and if I can be here right now telling all of you my story and I can say that I actually am now at a place where I've never been happier and I've never been in more peace then you can too and just know that no matter where you are in your journey and no matter how low you felt it can get better and you can change your life and yeah <sighs> all right <laughs> But in that moment when I was really low, there was this tiny sliver of hope, and I didn't even really know that that's what it was at the time, but it truly was. It was the universe and my connection to the universe and my faith that I didn't even know I had anymore. That was just subconsciously, like I didn't even consciously feel it, but subconsciously there was just a bit of hope left that stopped me from, thank goodness, stopped me from doing anything that was permanent or that I couldn't take away, and I'm just so grateful that I held on and I'm still here and it's funny because after that happened there was also several more moments where I was 
also very low and I was like, you know, on the floor crying and I, I remember like I, I used to think I was agnostic. I wouldn't consider myself atheist, but I definitely didn't believe in God or anything like that. I thought it was kind of ridiculous because I didn't have any proof. Um, but I remember when I was at my lowest, one of those times, like just had nothing left in me. And so with the last bit of strength I had, I just looked up to the sky or I looked up to the ceiling of my bedroom, my apartment, and I spoke out loud for the first time to God or whoever was listening or whatever was listening for the first time in maybe forever. And I spoke out loud and I said, God, if you're out there, if you're real, please help me. Please save me. Just please. I can't do this anymore. I, I don't want to feel this way. Please help me. And that is kind of that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. Um, I didn't wake up immediately then, but I feel like in some ways the universe actually was waiting for me that entire time to just reach out and try to connect. And once I did, the universe was like, okay, now we can come in and we can help you. And I know that the pandemic, of course, has been devastating for everybody and it's awful. And I'm very privileged that it didn't hurt me as much as it hurt some people. But I definitely felt like when it came, it was almost like the universes or gods, whatever, you know, essentially it's the same thing. I say the universe because that's just what resonates most with me. But I feel like the universe and God are one and the same. Call it what you want, but it's just, you know, a belief in a higher power than yourself. So I'm going to say the universe. I've talked about it before, but, you know, if God is your thing, that's awesome. But I felt like that was the universe. When the pandemic came, the universe was kind of saying, look, here is your first clue that there is something out there for you. And I'm, this is me helping you because when the pandemic came and I got to go home, it was truly, and I'm not exaggerating, like it truly was my saving grace because I was seriously drowning in New York. And I mean, I just told you the stories. Um, I just told you what I had been experiencing. Yeah, so you get it. But when it came, it really was such a relief because I got an excuse to go home to my parents' house where they were fully taking care of me and supporting me financially. And I didn't have to live alone anymore. I didn't have to be in a city that I didn't particularly want to live in anymore. I didn't have to um, worry about getting work or being an actor. And I just got a chance to begin to heal, which I just so desperately needed. And I felt like after I had that plea with God, where I just finally spoke out and asked for help, that's when my life started to change and it's just so magical and it's been magical ever since. But yeah, then I started working on myself and healing myself and I had my spiritual awakening and that's when I started to really learn how to build up my self-worth again from the inside, which is truly the only real self-worth there is, the one that comes from inside of us. And once we realize that and we begin to tap into that and harness that power and that self-worth, it just becomes so powerful. And so I'm really excited to share with you all some tips and some ways that I built my self-worth up from truly the bottom, from nothing to just filling myself up every day with love and acceptance. So I hope that if you know some of these already, I hope there's some that you don't. And um, I hope that this is helpful for you the way it has been for me because it really has changed my life. And these, by the way, are in no particular order. There's not like an order you have to do these in. These are just all great ways, I feel, to enhance your self-worth. So the first one is one that I've talked about 
a lot. It's not going to be new for you all if you've listened to previous episodes, um, so I'm not going to go too much into this one. But it's just important to say because, again, I feel like people really do overlook this, but it is truly one of the most powerful things you can do because it does just rewire your brain. And literally, it's backed in science, so if you're like you know, you're not into the spiritual thing, you need some like concrete evidence. This is backed by science. Affirmations, guys, truly affirmations will change your life. And you don't have to stand in front of the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I am worthy. Although I think that's great. Like I include mine in my daily talks with the universe. Like I've talked about before, every single morning I talk to the universe and I ask the universe to protect me and protect my energy. And I throw in there my affirmations and they they change too. They change for what I'm working on at the time. So if I'm working on my abundance mindset, which actually I had been working on lately and now I feel like I've, I'm starting to see the fruits of my, um, of my labor <laughs> come to light, which is exciting. So when I was working or really starting to work on my abundance mindset, I would say, thank you so much universe for the fact that I am abundance and abundance is my birthright. And thank you for the fact that every time I spend money, it comes back to me 10 times as much, you know, more stuff. But essentially by saying that I am abundance and abundance is my birthright when I thank the universe, you know, that's not me looking in a mirror and saying it to myself, but it is putting out it into the universe that that is the truth. And that has automatically made that come to life for me. And now I do experience more abundance and I feel like I'm not in a lack mindset anymore. And that reflects itself in my life. I feel abundant and I feel like I have everything I need. (laughs) Um, So that's just one example. But yeah, anything you're working on, just give it a chance, truly. Just make it like, you know, a new habit you're trying to pick up. If you're somebody who's trying to get into working out, every day or however many times a week, you know, it's not the kind of thing where you get up and you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like you made a commitment to yourself. You know, it's not always going to feel comfortable, but you just do it. Like do that with affirmations, take it seriously and give it two weeks, just two weeks. And I promise you, you will already start to see a difference. And if you only give it a couple of days, if you only give it a week, yeah, I mean, I, frankly, I don't think you really have the right to say they don't work. Like, you have to give it a bit of a chance. And honestly, even two weeks is a little premature, but I do think you will start to see a little bit of a difference then. And it's just the greatest life-changing experience because once you realize that the thoughts you're thinking are more positive, the game completely changes because you genuinely just think happier things and you think better things about yourself. And with self-worth, you know, whatever you're working on with your self-worth, if you need help accepting yourself or loving yourself, loving your body or feeling confident, say affirmations to yourself in the mirror or just say them out loud. You don't have to look in the mirror if that makes you uncomfortable, but say them and say them out loud and affirm that for yourself because the words that we say hold so much power and we do speak things into existence. If you're speaking negative things about yourself, Just in your like everyday life, if you're just like passive about it, you know, I hear people doing this sometimes and I just, it makes me cringe and I feel so bad for them, but essentially there's nothing I can do, you know, like I can plant seeds, but their life is their life. But like, I'll hear people be like, oh, like I hate myself, like as a joke, like haha. And it's just, it's so dangerous. That's a dangerous game to play. Or they'll be like, oh, like, why am I like this? Like, I'm so dumb or something. And I'm like, don't say that about yourself. You're putting that out there. And now your brain is going to start to believe that. So do the opposite. Say some great things about yourself and see how that ripple effects in your life starts to reflect the way you think about yourself because it's reflecting the way you talk about yourself. 
another way that I worked on my self-worth and that I'm always still working on my self-worth. You know, healing is a lifelong thing. I'm not a healed, completely healed person and I never will be and no one ever will be and that's not the goal and that's not the reality, like I've said before. But one thing that I do and that I've done is trying things that scare me and finding little ways to challenge myself. And I say little ways. It doesn't have to be huge and I don't, you know, I don't like saying should, but I don't even feel like it really should be in big ways because you don't want to overwhelm yourself, you know? Treat yourself kindly and that means taking small steps and being okay with small steps and being patient and understanding that progress happens with little steps taken. So challenging yourself in little ways, doing something that scares you and that pushes your ability to love yourself and pushes your self-worth. I'll give a little example that I just remember now because I did it quite recently, actually. And I talked about it on my Instagram, which, by the way, I haven't really talked about my Instagram on here. I I guess it's not really important to this podcast, but, you know, if you want to follow me, my Instagram is at Francesca underscore VR underscore. So there you go. Um, but anyway, I one thing I did that scared me recently is... You know, ever since I hit puberty, um, and like I said, I I equated my self worth. One of the ways that I equated my self worth was to my size, and so ever since puberty, I've been very aware of my size, and especially in college, not really as much in middle school and high school, but I've been aware of my body and the way my body looks compared to other people's bodies, and our bodies are all different, and like. There are some people out there who just always are going to have perfectly flat stomachs and washboard abs. Like, that's just the way their body type is. Um, My body type, I've always just had a little bit of a bump under my belly button, you know? But, and like, it's just the way my body is. It's genetics, not like this, like, abnormal thing, you know? It's just one of those things that you'd only really notice about yourself because we're all just so hyper aware and fixated on ourselves. But, you know, like, I'm never going to have a perfectly flat body unless I'm just like not eating which isn't good like I'm just gonna have you know it's room for my uterus room for all my innards and stuff like that um but I've always been a little aware I've always been not a little I've always been very aware of it and it's something I was very self-conscious about in the past and I didn't like that about myself and so one thing I did recently is I I went out in an outfit that was like a skirt that was a low-rise skirt and then a top that was a little bit more of a crop top. And so I was showing off my my stomach, my belly area, my belly button in that area. And that was a real challenge for me because it was something that was highlighting this area that I used to be self-conscious about and that I have been self-conscious about. And But I challenged myself because I understood that that the only way I'm going to get over this and grow through this is if I push myself. And to me, that was a baby step. What I did was I wore this outfit out that I really liked and this trend of like the low rise that I really like, I tried it and I went out to dinner like that. And that was hard for me, but I did it and I got through it and I felt so much more powerful afterward having done it. And I felt so proud of myself. And now I find myself just wearing low rise and showing my stomach off more in my everyday life and enjoying it. And I actually, it's not because like, oh, my stomach necessarily looks any different, but I just am starting to really appreciate that part of my body and loving it. And by doing that little challenge now, it's not a block anymore. It's not um, something I'm afraid of. I already did it. I overcame it. And, you know, it's not like, oh, it's completely fixed. I'll never be self-conscious about that again. But I proved to myself that that doesn't control me by taking that little baby step. And I'm already seeing the positive effects of it. And now I just feel even more confident in my body 
and I'm so grateful for it. Even though it took a lot of courage in the moment, I'm so grateful that I did that. And, you know, it, it was a baby step. It's not something I decided, okay, now I'm going to do this every single day. But it was just something I did for a night to try out and see how it went. And if it had gone horribly and I had been so self-conscious the entire time, then I would have taken a step back and found maybe more of a baby step way to, to take that on. Maybe showing even less of my stomach or something like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, just take a baby step, push yourself, challenge yourself to take a baby step toward more self-acceptance and towards self-worth. Do something that challenges yourself in a little way or scares you in a little way to show yourself you are deserving of love no matter what and prove yourself you love yourself by taking a little chance on yourself. Oh man, okay, we're already at half an hour. This is, um, <laughs> I really don't want to break this up into two episodes, but there's, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I'm gonna, we'll see. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe this will just be a longer episode. Anyway, um, the next one, which is, maybe I don't want to say the biggest one but it is it is I guess I would say this one is pretty not mandatory but if you're not doing this or practicing this or working on working on practicing this or working towards this then the other ones aren't really going to make a difference and that is practicing radical acceptance now this one was really hard for me because I used to always feel like oh, well, once I hit that goal, then I'll love myself. Once I get that part in acting, then I'll love myself. Or once I achieve that accomplishment in my career, then I'll love myself. Once I'm in a relationship with that person, then I'll love myself. Once this person, these people like me, then I'll love myself. Once I lose those five pounds, then I'll love myself. And what I was doing was abandoning myself as I was in that moment. What I was doing is I was teaching myself that I couldn't love myself as I was now. I could only love myself and value myself once I achieved those things or once those things happened, which essentially meant I was never loving myself because by waiting to love myself for those things, those things never even came because you can't really manifest things for yourself anyway if you're not loving yourself because you're if you're not loving yourself, you're kind of living in a lack, um, a lack of love for yourself. And when you're living in lack, you're going to receive lack back to yourself. What you give out comes back to you. And because I was saying, oh, well, once this happens, then I'll be worthy, I was essentially never worthy. And so practicing radical acceptance now is a major, major key. And I think the foundation for self-worth, you know, like saying how I am now is okay. And it might not be the ideal me, it might not be the healthiest me. It might not be the me that I see for myself that I could be. It might not be my full potential. But you know what? I'm still worthy of right now. And if no one else is going to give it to me, well, then I'm going to give it to me. Because, you know, exactly like we've said before, how can you expect anyone else to give you love if you won't give it to yourself? It really starts within. So I practice radical acceptance now. And that is, you know, it's a process. It's not like I just decided to do it and then it happened. But that does lead me into the next example I'm going to give because these next examples are ways that you can practice radical acceptance now. And that is by putting yourself first or putting myself first. I decided to put myself first and make myself care and make myself my number one priority. And that was a real challenge for me because in society, I do think we've been kind of taught that putting ourselves first is selfish and that being selfish is a bad thing. But being selfish is not a bad thing there are ways to be selfish that are, you know, quote unquote, bad, whatever that means, or like, you know, not the most kind. 
But putting ourselves first, I think, should be a priority. And once I did that, then I really started to feel worthy of myself because I was treating myself in a way that was showing myself I cared about myself. Because anytime I wasn't putting myself first and I was putting someone in front of me, I was abandoning myself and I was just, again, affirming to myself over and over again that I was not worthy of love, I was not worthy of myself, and I, yeah, my self-worth just plummeted when I did those things. And some ways that you can put yourself first is, just an example, is making your self-care, like I said, your number one priority. One example of that for me is that a year ago, I got a cat and I love him so much. His name is Pua, and he's like the light of my life, and we're very, very bonded. He was a stray, and I'm pretty sure he had a traumatic past, though I don't know the details of it, but he can be, um, he's a little codependent. He can be a little anxious or very anxious, and he very much thinks that I am his true cat mom. Like, he he grooms me. He He very much, we're very bonded, and I love him so much, too. He's like my best friend. I talk to him all the time. But he is very demanding, and he especially was when I first got him, and he's very energetic as well, and he requires a lot of play, which I didn't expect going into it because I was like, oh, a cat, you know, they just mostly cuddle and sleep. But I need to play with him basically for 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night to get his energy out, or he will just, like, be crazy. And he really enjoys it. It really works. He does, like, flips in the air. Like, we, our playtime is intense. But when I first got him, it was really draining for me. And, you know, anytime he would meow or cry for my attention, I would give it to him. And I felt like I had no time left for myself. And it was really draining me. And it was making me abandon myself and put him in front of me. And it was making my self-worth go down. And one thing I had to learn and understand is that I can still love my cat, love my Pua so much, but that I still do have to put myself first. It's like the example of being on an airplane. You have to put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on a child. You know, if, you, if you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't take care of anything else or anyone else. So one way that I now make my self-care a priority is I've gotten into this routine that I really love now where first thing in the morning, you know, I'll wake up like... 6 six thirty. First thing I'll do is I'll give Pua his breakfast and then instead of immediately playing with him for half an hour like I used to do in the past I put on my exercise clothes and I immediately go out and I go for my hike my morning hike it's like an hour long and it's just incredible for my mood and it like centers me and it's like my meditation I get so much guidance during it and then I come home make myself breakfast and then I play with him And I'm still able to get that done. I still get his energy out, but I take care of me first. And it might seem kind of simple, but it was hard for me because I have been a giver in the past and I like making other people and animals happy and pleasing them. And I felt guilty at first when I started doing it. But you know what? He adapted and now it's fine. And now we've got a great morning routine and I'm able to start my day off for me. And it completely changes the game. It makes me so much happier. It grounds me. I feel connected to the universe and I get great insight. And then I'm still able to play with him. So that's one way that I have put myself first. And of course, you know, that's just my example. But find ways for yourself to put yourself first because you you are worthy of putting yourself first. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you selfish. You don't have to feel guilty. And if you do feel those things, that's okay. Just accept that feeling. Be there for yourself and know that as you continue to put yourself first, those feelings will pass. And another one that kind of ties in with putting yourself first is living for you and deciding to live for yourself. And when I decided to live for myself, it was a huge 
game changer because I didn't really realize this, but by equating my self-worth to all these things outside of myself that other people could measure and measure my value and weigh my value with, I wasn't living for myself. I was living for them. And I think, you know, some ways we do this is with social media. So I'll give an example with social media. One thing that I did that really changed the game for me with living for myself was changing the way I was on social media. On social media, I used to always be looking for validation. You know, I really cared about Instagram likes. I had to get the perfect picture. I had to get a lot of likes. I wanted people to like me and think I was pretty and like to show me my worth through my Instagram whatever and I used to like have to have the right filter and like edit my pictures and have the perfect caption and all this stuff and I didn't want to post too much or too little or whatever because I didn't want people to judge me or whatever and I was just not living for me I was living for other people and social media is so great for so many reasons if you're intentional about it which I am now like I really make sure I don't follow influencers who are facetuned and who have money for plastic surgery anymore I follow body positive accounts I follow spiritual accounts I follow inspirational accounts I follow real people who mess up and are human and are beautifully so you know and I also started I went on a massive unfollowing spree I unfollowed everyone and anyone who I wasn't actually friends with or like not even acquaintances with because how often does that happen I feel like Instagram so many social media apps are this way but I realized that I was like following all these people who weren't even my friends but they're on my friends list so didn't make any sense to me and then those people that I wasn't even friends with were the ones I was seeking validation from so like it doesn't even matter if you think you love yourself if you're doing these things that are proving to the universe that you don't love yourself then I feel like your self-worth is of course going to be affected by that of course I was looking for self-worth outside of myself because my social media was literally about everyone else but me and like how silly was that it was my social media so yeah, I just, I unfollowed all these people so that I was just curating my feed to what actually mattered to me, posting what I wanted, what, fade, what made me feel happy, and what made me feel beautiful, and posting and engaging with what made me feel inspired. During all of this with my social media and with life, once I started putting myself first and, and doing things that proved to myself that I valued my self-worth and not looking for that outside of myself once I started doing that. Yes, I lost people along the way, and I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It was painful at times. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was like, good riddance, this is a relief, and that's a great feeling, by the way, if you've ever had that, like, wow, cut off that dead weight. But yeah, sometimes, of course, it was painful. I'm not like this robot. Like, I'm not just cutting people off and switching things up, and it's all fine. Like, it's painful. But every time it was painful and every time something like that happened, I reminded myself each time that I was simply losing the old to make way for the new. And I, and even if the new hadn't shown up yet and it just felt like I was at a loss, I just reminded myself that the new was going to be so much better for me because it was going to be finally something authentic to me. I was finally going to be engaging with people and surrounding myself with people and things that were truly a match for me and authentic for me and I was no longer going to be living a lie so even though it was uncomfortable when the old was being cleared I just trusted in the universe and I knew that the old was being cleared so that the new could come in and even if the new hadn't come in yet and if you're going through that as well and the new hasn't come in yet for you just hold that faith hold that vision and know that it will and it can take time but 
I promise you, clearing away the old will always, always welcome in the new. And the new will always be such a better energetic match for you. And you will feel such a relief and you will be so much more at peace and so much more happy. Another way that I live for myself, let's just keep going with the social media examples, is I stopped watching everybody's stories on Instagram. And, you know, that's fine if you like watching people's stories, but comparison is truly the thief of joy. And I just found that when I was watching all these stories, especially when it was people I didn't even really know or was friends with, all these people I used to follow, I just felt like I was thinking to myself, oh, their life's so much better than mine. They're doing this and I'm not. And I just was comparing myself so much. So I just decided to stop. Now I don't. Now I really only watch the stories of people I'm like really close with, or, you know, maybe here and there I'll watch someone's if I'm curious. But I don't really do that anymore, and that's been a huge game changer for me. And another thing that I stopped doing is I stopped checking who was watching all my stories, and I feel like this is another trap that we fall into because, you know, it's right there, but when I was posting a story and then scrolling to see who was watching it, I was just putting out into the universe that my story was only valid and good if certain people were watching it and that it mattered what people thought of what I was posting and I was essentially posting for them because I was showing that I was through the actions I was taking so I stopped doing that and maybe that's something you could try as well it's gonna feel a little weird at first but then you know it just becomes habit and I don't even think about it anymore and I don't want to check anymore I just post what I want to post and that's that and if people want to watch it that's cool with me if they don't that's cool too because I'm not posting for them anyway you know Another way that I started living for myself and that you can live for yourself and another way that I started working on my self-worth and you can work on your self-worth is by putting up boundaries. And I'm not going to go too much into this because, like I said earlier, I do feel like boundaries specifically could have its own episode and maybe we will in the future, we'll see. But yeah, by putting up my boundaries, I started living for myself because I used to have no boundaries and I used to think, I didn't used to think I could put up boundaries and... When you act a certain way and when you don't put up boundaries, you're teaching other people that that's okay. And it's not necessarily their fault, you know, because you're allowing it. You're allowing yourself to be treated certain ways. You're allowing people to overstep your boundaries. You're not putting them up, so they think that's fine. And when I started putting up boundaries, it, it was hard. It made me feel guilty sometimes, and it still does. Like, the universe is always pushing me with my boundaries. I'll get to a place where I'm feeling comfortable in my healing and then all of a sudden something will happen and it's almost like it's comedic really because I just know so strongly that the universe is bringing in this interaction so that I can once again put up a boundary and affirm my growth and my respect for myself. And even though it's uncomfortable, I'm like, Ugh, really universe? But okay, thank you because I'm growing. So I'm still grateful. But yeah, I started saying no to what I didn't want to do because no is a valid answer. Whereas in the past, I used to say yes just because I didn't want people to think I was mean if I said no. Like I really was putting out into the universe that I valued how other people thought of me more than I valued what I actually wanted to do. And I didn't realize that like it's so simple. We can just say no to what we don't want to do and say yes to what you do want to do and really start living for yourself. And you don't have to over explain anymore. I stopped over explaining. You know, I'm not like a cold hearted person. I don't just say no and just leave the other person guessing why. Like, I, if I feel an explanation is deserved, I will give a, a little bit of an explanation. But I don't over-explain. I don't apologize profusely for my own boundaries anymore because when I did that, I was, again, putting out into the universe that me valuing myself was wrong and that other people 
have more of a say on how I live my life than I do, which was just so backwards. So yeah, I started saying no to what I don't want to do. I started saying yes to what I do want to do. And listen, when you put up boundaries, you're going to be met with many different reactions. But all I can say to you is just pay attention to the way that your boundaries are received. It's only natural that, especially if you've been a certain way for a long time, people have gotten used to you having a boundary or not having a boundary or having a certain boundary or whatever. So, you know, it's not to be expected that a person is going to be like, okay, sounds great, immediately. Like some people will and some people did in my life and those people are golden, you know. You can tell a lot by how someone receives your boundaries. But, you know, it's important to have some grace with how people are receiving them. Understand that that could be a learning curve for them as well. But if a person does not understand your boundaries and does not respect that or does not take it well, then that's all you really need to know, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like that tells you everything you need to know. Then thank goodness you set up a boundary if someone reacts badly because that just lets you know how uncomfortable they are with you putting yourself first because they used to have full access to you and maybe control over you and now they don't and that's inconvenient for them because it was so convenient for them when they could walk all over you and do whatever So just be aware of that when you are putting up boundaries, how they're received, because that can be quite, quite telling. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's a ton of stuff. I think I'm going to leave it there with the examples I've given. There's, of course, so many more, and I've given you so much stuff, so I'm sorry if that was a lot for you to take. But also, again, I'm living for me. I wanted to post this. I wanted to say these things, and... So I did. And, you know, I I started this podcast because I want to help other people, but I also started it for me because I wanted to create a space for myself where I felt like I could finally speak my truth and be heard clearly. And, you know, if people wanted to listen, they could. They didn't have to. But I knew that by creating a podcast that was by me with only me on it, that I would finally be able to speak my truth and be heard on my terms. So, yeah. So that's that's why I, I can say what I want on here, of course. And yeah, I hope these have been helpful for you. Like I said, I know this was a lot, but our self-worth is so important. And when we start taking action to, to work on it, we really do understand how it truly ever could only come from within. And how every time we look for our self-worth outside of ourselves, we are validating that that is where it can be found, which will leave us feeling quite empty when we don't get that validation. And Once you build your self-worth from within, you really begin building a strong foundation. And once you have a strong foundation, you know, it's very incredibly hard, if not impossible, to rock that foundation. So once you build up your self-worth and you take these steps to work on your self-worth, bad things or, you know, things that we perceive as bad can happen in our lives and we can experience challenges and pain. But that pain and those things can never break us like they did for me when I, like I said, when I was at my lowest, you know, now that I've built built up my self-worth and worked on myself and have a strong self-love for myself, I know that, yes, I can go through friendship struggles in the future. Yes, I can experience heartbreak in the future. Yes, I can go through times of doubt or uncertainty in the future, but they're never going to break me because no matter what, I love myself. I know my worth comes from within. And I validate my worth all the time by the ways I treat myself and the ways I let other people treat me and the ways I am intentional about living my life to enhance my self-worth. I know that no matter what, I will always be okay because I've worked on loving myself and 
yeah, I really do. And it's beautiful when we get to a place like that. And I think we all can and we're all so deserving of it. So yeah, I hope this episode has been helpful for you. I hope it empowers you to take steps to reclaim your worth or to start building your worth or to just enhance your worth, you know, wherever you're at, your journey is so valid. And I hope there was something in here for you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. I know this was a lot, so I really appreciate you taking the time to listen if you're if you're listening to the whole thing, and I appreciate you for letting me be vulnerable and letting me speak my truth to you all, and I'm just so grateful for this platform and this community, and yes, thank you, thank you, a thousand times thank you, and I will talk to you all next time. Take care, everybody. Bye.